Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am just so delighted and honored that you have joined me in my kitchen today, and you have picked a great day to tune in. One of my favorite people will be our guest, Katie Workman. Um, she is just delightful, and, and Katie, welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, I guess you were on back a year and a half ago, so it's great to have you back on. So Nice to be here. I can't believe it was so long ago. Yes, and lots has been going on. Listeners, just by way of background, um, Katie is the founder of Cookster.com, uh, uh, which is now part of Macmillan. In addition, um, she is oh, just so busy with her mom100.com with the blog and also with her wonderful book, The Mom 100, and I can't wait to hear about her new book. And also, you might recognize her, and in fact, when, when I saw you, on TV, Katie, I was just giggling because there you are, you were, were on an iVillage Minute Rice commercial and it says, hi, I'm Chef Katie Workman and you appear <laughs> in someone's kitchen and saying, how can I help? So, so many times I wish Chef Katie Workman would appear in my kitchen <laughs> and say, how can I help? And, and, and it's great because you have such wonderful advice for busy moms especially who are trying to prepare the meal and multitask and get to this meeting and that event and, and that sporting type of thing. So so thank you for once again, you know, taking time to be on Kitchen Chat and your busy schedule. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great. So what is going on in your kitchen? In general, what's going on in my kitchen is um, lots of dishes. That's, that's probably what my <laughs> husband would answer. Uh, there was... There's there's I, a sink full of dishes at all points. That's uh, that's I'm in the middle of recipe testing always for the blog and for the next book. And so um, it is just let's see. Today is a a no bake oatmeal peanut butter chocolate cookie and um, also a a very haphazard jasmine rice beef poisson sauce stir fry thing that I don't know what it's going to end up being, but it will be dinner. That is fun. And you really do create these dishes, uh, and many of which are featured on your blog, and you have a new book coming up. Tell us about this new book. So the new book um, is more of the Mom 100 recipes in the sense that they're very family-friendly recipes. Um, you know, very comfort food oriented with a little bit of, you know, oomph to them, you know, some, you know, good, good variations on some foods that we all really love, you know, whether it's, you know, pot roast or teriyaki or, um, you know, just great things to make with that package of chicken breast that seems to be staring all of us in the face at least once a week. Yeah. And 
so I think that the, the next book is going to feature a lot of fork in the road recipes. That's going to be the focus of it. Um, and the fork in the road recipes means that you can make a recipe and then in the process of making it, take it in two different directions. So it might be that you have a milder version for more delicate, finicky palates and a spicier version for people looking for more flavor or maybe it's a recipe that you can make in a vegetarian way or a non-vegetarian way. I've just developed um, a chicken tiki masala and you make this great yogurt marinade with this spice blend but you can also, you can marinate chicken in some of it and you can marinate cauliflower in some of the marinade and that way when you broil it up and finish it in the tomato sauce you can have a version that vegetarians will be very happy to see and also a uh, chicken version for the carnivores at your table. Oh, I so wish that new cookbook had been around when my kids were growing up because both of my daughters are vegetarians, and that would have been so helpful to have a fork in the road <laughs> recipe to make it easier to to prepare. This is great, and and it's coming out in April. Is that right? It'll be. Uh, April 2015. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so we've got to wait a little longer. We've got to wait a little while, but there's always new recipes on the blog. There's, there's recipes yeah. every week on the blog. And and it is a great blog, listeners. Of course, I'm going to put a, a link to the mom100.com blog. And, and let's talk about some of these fun blogs you've been writing. I just giggled. I mean, you really make it real in terms of it is so authentic uh, in your kitchen and, and just life in general and how you um, multitask with, with everything and um, with the kids. And I loved your January 2014 blog about how, okay, you no longer have an excuse to eat the cake for breakfast anymore. <laughs> can, can At some you, point, it has to stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're right, with guests coming in and out, the holidays and, and all of that. And um, it, it's just, I, I just love that. I, I love that featured um uh, the featured blog you wrote about with your brand new uh, refrigerator. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's a pretty great refrigerator, I have to say. I'm, I'm a little bit in love with it. When you open it up, there's so much light in there. It like looks like a theater. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. That is great. And lots of room for really good ingredients. And I love um, how you highlight it. And listeners, it's definitely something to read about how you're highlighting the different ingredients you're really focusing on for this year with the the boneless, skinless chicken breast and, and just having alongside that some great recipes for the items and and that's you know that's a really smart way to um you know to really purchase i mean i and you've inspired me with this blog katie to to kind of say okay so what is going into my kitchen and have a better i or rather into my um refrigerator and have a better idea of okay and it's going to go with this recipe so with each ingredient you're putting in your kitchen on this blog you share a recipe yes yeah absolutely um you know shopping smart and stocking your refrigerator with things that are going to lead to dinner because you know it's really all of us have that moment at you know five o'clock or whatever time where you're sort of realizing oh my god I didn't I didn't think about dinner tonight and you know, at, at that point, you know, a stop at the supermarket can be that one one extra step that stands between you and making a homemade meal. And if you have a packed chicken breast and some pasta and, 
you know, some good staples, some good pantry basics, then you at least have that piece of it already done. Um, I'm also a very big proponent of taking time to prep your week, which means to me that at some point on a Sunday or any time during the week that you can find yourself at, you know, 20, 30 minutes of time, if you take out your food processor, chop up some onions, mince some garlic, maybe mince some some scallions, some fresh ginger, juice a few lemons or limes, and you put all these things in your fridge in little containers, then when you're faced with that dinner hour and you're looking at a recipe and the first thing it tells you to do is mince two cloves of garlic, you don't feel that sense of despair, like, oh, God, I just can't. You're like, I have minced garlic. What's next? You know, and you're... You're giving yourself a little bit of prep cooking, and then dinner just comes together so much more quickly and so much more stress-free. And that's what it needs to be, yes. <laughs> dinner should be stress-free. There's an, enough stress in life to make cooking in the kitchen stressful, and, and I really love kind of, you know, that that blog. And listeners, I'm definitely going to provide a link to it. And on the blog, you talk about um, having ground turkey in the fridge. And this really intrigued me. I've never heard of this dish, Katie, um, Greek turkey meatloaf. What is Greek well, turkey meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a big ground turkey. I use it all the time. And um, I use ground beef as well and other ground meats. But um, ground turkey obviously is a little lighter, a little bit better for you in terms of, you know, fat and so forth. And also, you know, there are a lot of people who are not so as fond of red meat these days. So um, it's just, it's basically a turkey meatloaf. But all I did was take some very traditional Greek seasonings like chopped kalamata olives and feta cheese and oregano. And meatloaf and meatballs are really flexible, really forgiving, and it's a really great way to just sort of say, okay, how am I going to change things up a bit and use some seasoning so that, you know, it's not just that plain old, plain old meatloaf. But again, speaking fork in the road-wise, if you have kids who really just want a simple meatloaf, you know, with just some carrots and onions and egg and breadcrumbs, you can take that, mix your turkey up with that, take half of it out, mold it into a nice small meatloaf, and then add your kalamata olives and your you know, whatever, your capers, your a little extra minced garlic, your feta cheese, and you can add it to the rest. Make a second meatloaf and bake them both on the same cookie sheet for the same amount of time. And then you can, you know, I just did this the other day for a very big group of uh, a family of six plus my family. And, you know, the, the littler kids were very happy with the plain ones and some of the Bigger kids were really happy with the feta one, and it's it's just a nice way to get something on the table where you're making one meal, not two meals, because nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be a short order cook. That's a big pain right. in the butt. So <laughs> right. we we don't want we don't want that, and we don't want to resort to pulling out the chicken nuggets or making the plain pasta with butter. You know, this is you know sometimes there's a time and a place for that, but in general, you really are looking to have your kids eat what you're eating, and even if it's a slightly modified version, and then they'll grow into the more sophisticated or flavorful version. And and that is a great start to introduce taste to to expand the palate. And have you noticed this in your own kids, Katie, in terms of through the years how you've introduced different ingredients and and they really are growing to like. Uh, Brussels sprouts, for example. 
Yeah, no, they, um, my kids are pretty good eaters, but you know, everything's a little bit mercurial. Sometimes your kid will eat something like Brussels sprouts or cauliflower or fish, and then the next day they don't like it, and you just have to keep pushing forward because things ebb and flow, and they will come back, but they can't come back if you don't keep presenting the same foods, you know, the foods that you want them to try. If you, you know, if you give up, then there's, you know, there's not, going to be a chance for them to, to rediscover something or discover something and broaden their broaden their horizons. You just have to keep doing it. Right. And I guess, too, in different forms. And once again, um, on your January 15th blog, I loved how it is shredded sautéed Brussels sprouts. So instead of mm-hmm. presenting it in terms of like it looks like a little tiny miniature cabbage <laughs> on their yep. plate, to, to shred it. And st- I never thought about shredding Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it's really nice. It gives them, you know, obviously a lighter texture, and somehow it it, it um, mediates the, the cabbagey flavor. It's, it becomes much lighter, especially um, sprinkle it with a little bit of citrus juice, and it really brightens up the flavors and makes it less heavy and and you know a little bit less onerous than biting into a full-on Brussels sprout if that's not what your kids are into. Exactly. Now that is. Great advice. Um, and I'm just curious, what do you pack your kids for lunch? <laughs> do they get these gourmet things, or is it peanut butter and jelly? Well, you know, when I'm packing my kids' lunch, I, you know, sometimes it's just absolutely, I mean, my kids are fond of sandwiches. They're actually fond of room temperature grilled cheese sandwiches, which is good. But often, um, I, I sort of move away from traditional lunch foods, and I will, you know, pack them could be two leftover teriyaki chicken kebabs from dinner the night before. Or my younger son loves rice and beans so much. He'll take a little container of rice and beans with a little shredded cheese sprinkled on top. And he's totally happy with that, even if it's just at room temperature. Or a chicken leg. Um, I think that, you know, it's sort of letting your kids also participate in this. If they're choosing what's for lunch, they're going to be much more likely to eat it. So let them poke around in the fridge. Yes, and that is so important. And and I love to, and I I do want to spend a, a quick minute on this. And I know you're going to be running out the door soon. But um, can you um, share with the listeners your involvement with City Harvest and um, sure. yeah, and just how you are reaching out to make sure that people don't go hungry. Yeah, I'm. You know, like like many people in the food industry, you know, where we are attracted to the food industry because we really love feeding people. And it's not just feeding people who are in our family or our friends or at our table. It's it's about sort of the, the, the pleasure of, of making sure that people feel fed and nourished. And so that's always been a really driving, a big driving force for me, the thing that motivates me the most. And obviously it's a pretty natural extension to think about people who are struggling to eat in general versus, you know, not let alone eat, you know, wonderful, delicious meals, but who are wrestling with managing to get food on the table for themselves and their families. And so, you know, the the food community has always been incredibly supportive of hunger relief efforts in general. And um, I've been on the board of City Harvest for 10 years, um, as my husband is, and we've also been involved with Share Our Strength, which is the nation's largest hunger relief organization. We've been involved with them for over two decades, and I think that, you know, that it really it is incumbent upon all of us to make sure that, you know, in, our, in, in, in this country where there's, in fact, an abundance of food, that 
it's getting to everybody and, and um, you know, access is there and, you know, the nutrition is there. Food Harvest is really amazing in that they are very focused on produce and um, which is a more difficult thing to do because obviously yeah. non-perishable items are easier to stock and distribute. But Food Harvest rescues food from green markets, from restaurants, from supermarkets, from catering facilities and distributes it to soup pantries and soup kitchens and um, other, you know, after-school programs. And, you know, it's a big focus. They also work with farmers. They work with food purveyors. And it's an incredible effort to provide nutrient-dense food to a variety of organizations that really put it to good use. That is great. And for those listeners who might be in the New York area, I mean, is there a way that they can volunteer for City sure. Harvest? Are there the opportunities? Great, great. There are. If you go to the City Harvest website, you'll see the volunteer button, and it gives you opportunities. It can be food rescue or food delivery. Um, there's opportunities to, to, if you are in the food business, to teach classes, to um, families or adults who are trying to get a better sense of how to stretch their food dollar and, you know, shopping, shopping classes and cooking classes, learning about, you know, how to prepare more nutritious meals. So there's all sorts of um, volunteer opportunities. And, of course, donations are always welcome because it's, you know, it's, a, it's an organization that runs on donations and we're, we're in the business of helping our neighbors eat more healthy foods and making sure that our neighbors are all fed. Yes, and that is so important. And thank you for all of your efforts on doing that. And and listeners, I'll make sure I also include a link to City Harvest um, and also share our strength. Is that something that the listeners can get involved in as well? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And Share Strength has, um, you know, they're a national organization, but they they have groups in cities all around the world that do fundraisers for, um, in various ways. Um, Taste of the Nation is a great dine-around fundraiser that takes place in dozens of cities all across the country that raises money for uh, the local food relief charities in, in the area. And um, there they have uh, City Harvest, um, excuse me, Sheriff Strait has a, an incredible initiative where you can uh, create a bake sale to uh, to help donate money, and and it's it's just a wonderful organization. I'm on their social council, which um, you know is also a network of bloggers and that you know reach out to their constituencies and let them know about opportunities for to, to donate or to get involved with uh, share our strength. And there's there's a lot of ways to help. And that's great. And it takes each one of us individually coming to help our neighbors. So thank you for all that you're doing. And and also a congratulations to you um, for the Mom 100 blog. Uh, you are award-winning now. You are a blog, her voice of the year. So congratulations. Yeah, it was very exciting. I was, I was very honored and pleased and touched. Oh, that is terrific. And and one last question before you run out the door, Katie. Are Do you have any New Year's resolutions when it comes to food for this year? I'm just curious. Well, it's funny. I actually, I have to revisit a resolution I made a while ago. Well, my big New Year's resolution is to finish the second book, for crying out loud. <laughs> but, um, um, but, and, and I will, and I will do that in the next few months. But um, 
um, a while ago I had made a list of dishes that I had never cooked that I thought would be really cool to cook and, you know, sort of more adventurous, like puff pastry and so forth. But um, I, 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 I glanced at that list and I realized I had really fallen short. So perhaps I'm going to revisit that list. Oh, that sounds like a fun blog to write, too. I can't wait to uh, to uh, peep into your kitchen as you, uh, you, you do this. So that is great. Thank you for being just such a fun inspiration and, and coming into all of our kitchens to come alongside uh, the busy moms as well as the gourmets and with some great, great cooking tips and, and recipes. So thank you well, again, Katie. Of course. It's always nice to talk to you. Oh, this is great. So, listeners, thank you for tuning in. I will definitely, um, on the site, include a link to her wonderful blog, mom100.com, and also to the City Harvest and uh, Share Our Strength so you, too, can have an opportunity to reach out to your neighbors and help feed the hungry. So during this busy time, please, listeners, take a moment and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pro Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you, so join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.